one of us, we are hardwired to want love, to also want to give love. But what goes on is that if you look at life, one of the greatest areas that we have of struggle and hurt and pain is in the area of love that is given, but isn't received or not reciprocated. And so the reality of loving people, it's one of the most hurtful areas. The Beatles were onto something when they said that love is all you need. Part of being human is to want to love and to be loved. Because this is such a deep-seated need in your life, it can also be one of your greatest sources of struggle and pain. Today, Pastor Daniel explains that you were created for love, but not all love is the same. The fulfilling, complete love you're longing for can only be found in God. His perfect love is what you need. Now here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Peter chapter 3 as he begins his message, The Truth About Salvation. So I don't know about all of you, but I am kind of a simple kind of a person. I love things simple. I love when you give me the whole thing in a very simple and specific way. Like I remember when I was first learning about Christianity, someone says, do you want to understand Christianity? Yes, love God and love people. It's that simple. And that is Christianity. Do you love God and do you love people? Because isn't it true that what goes on in life is that we take these simple things and we make them complicated over time and then we don't know what the simple things are. So I'm always looking for like these little like little takeaways, little portable ways to live my life. So I'm always looking for them. I remember when I was learning how to play the upright bass. I was talking with a guy who was a professional player. He's like, if you want to be a good upright bass player, I'm like, yeah. He's like, play in tune and play in time and you'll do great. It's pretty simple because you know an upright bass doesn't have frets on it, right? So it's the notes, it's all by hand position in your ear. And so without a fret on it, you have to make sure if you think you're playing a C, it actually actually be a C and not a little bit sharp or flat from a C. So you have to play in tune. And if you play in time or in tempo, it works. And I always remember that as a bass player. If I play in tune and in time, I'm doing good. If you play in tune and out of time, you're not a good bass player. You play out of tune and in time, you're really not that good. But you get those two things. So I'm always grabbing those things. I've been reading about nutrition lately. Don't recommend it. (laughs) Because there's a lot of information out there. And I'm kind of horrified because nobody thinks that Twinkies are healthy. I can't fathom this. I'm waiting for the research to get like along with what's really going on. I was reading some books by this guy named Michael Polian, who is a New York Times bestselling author for three books. And he had this little thing about like your food choices. And he put it this way, that if you want to take care of your nutrition, you should eat food, not too much, mostly plants, which was a really fascinating thing because even like the first one, eat food, the way he explains it is he says that food is not food-like substances, which I think you'd put Twinkie in the food-like substances category. You know, it's like things that look like food, but they're really not food. They're not natural-acting food. They're designed in a plant, you know? And so you eat food, and then not too much, so portion control, 
and mostly plants. So it doesn't say you should only eat plants, which I'm super grateful he went there. And I love that because it's a little portable thing where I can take it into my day and say, how should I eat? Well, I should eat food, if you include Twinkies, not too much, and mostly plants. I love those type of things. And I'm always looking for those things in life, right? These little portable things. Now, I remember when I started reading the Bible, I started to ask myself, well, you know, I know Christianity is about loving God and loving people, but what's like the big Bible story? Like, what's the whole story of the Bible in a compact way? And theologians say that it's creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Now, I want you guys to all write those down. Super good. You'll impress your friends. Creation, fall, redemption, and then restoration. So the idea is that from Genesis to Revelation, God is the creator God. He created everything. And then in the midst of God's good creation, the fall happened. Everything broke. And then because everything broke, God has this redemption plan that is all about Jesus. Jesus coming and living the perfect life and dying on the cross and being resurrected from the grave. And then ultimately, Jesus is coming back, and there will be a restoration or a culmination of all things when everything gets put back together in totality. And from Genesis to Revelation, that's the story. Now, what's amazing about this is that all of us are experiencing different aspects of this great biblical story. If you're here and you're listening to this, you're part of creation. Creation happened, you're part of it, you're experiencing life. You're also experiencing the effects of the fall. Because anybody here want to say that everything's working the way it's supposed to be right now? Your body, your life... Your five-year plan, anybody's like, it's perfect right now. You're loving politics in America. You know, you're loving all this stuff that's going on. So the fall is everywhere. It's in every situation. But then for those of you who are here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're actually also experiencing the redemption part because you're seeing how Jesus fits in to this whole grand story by placing you in the family of God. Now, even if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, The fact that you're even here right now, you're also confronted with the fact of redemption, even if you choose not to believe it. Everybody knows people who have experienced redemption, but they're like, I don't necessarily know if I believe it. But I think all of us hope for this idea of restoration where everything that's broken becomes unbroken. That things end up the way that they ought to be. And biblically, that speaks of the return of Jesus. Now, that's the big story of the Bible. But the reason I bring this up is actually, this is the truth about salvation, which is what I've entitled this message. And as we've been studying in this Truth and Lies series in 2 Peter, we've been seeing Peter talk about things that are true. And then if you're with us, as we went through chapter two, it was all about things that are lies. The truth about lies, the truth about false teachers, all these things. And so now as this book of Second Peter is starting to wind to a close, now he's moving back to let's focus on truthful things. And what I'm excited about in this message is that whether you are a follower of Jesus or whether you're here and you're a skeptic today, there's going to be some very important things that we're all going to take away from this. There's lessons and teachings. Now, again, depending on where you're at with Jesus, how those apply to you will be unique. But I think all of us will be able to walk away from our time in God's word today and have things that you're going to grapple with, which is in some ways, that's my job. My job is to say, this is what the word says. And these are some ways that we can be each begin to grapple with what's in God's word, because it applies to all of us in every way. It's just a matter of uniquely, as we look at our own lives and the lives of the people around us. How does it apply to us? So in order to get at this, let's open up in your Bibles, 2 Peter chapter 3, 
We're going to take verses 1 to 9. So grab those babies. We want you to be able to read along, of course, unless you have a smart device. And then you can just pull out that smart device and just type in 2 Peter 3 colon 1 dash 9, and you can get there, and it'll be perfect for you that way. If you're new to the Bible, I realize not everyone knows where everything is in the Bible, so I want to get you there. Go to the back of the book, the end of the book, and start turning to your left. You get the book of Revelation. It's a larger book. Then you get a series of smaller books, the book of Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, and then 2 Peter. So Jude, 3 John, 2 John are only one chapter apiece. 1 John's got five chapters, and then 2 Peter. So it's just between 1 Peter and 1 John and 2 Peter. And then, of course, chapter 3 is easy to find right after chapter (laughs) 2. I love that you guys always laugh at that. I think it's fun, you know. What do I know? Anyway, let's jump on in. In verse 1, it says this, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Now, before I actually get into my first point, I want you to notice that very first word in chapter 3, this word beloved. Because Peter, in writing this letter, he repeats this same word four times in the closing chapter. Now, I think it's important because talk about real life, truth and lies of life, is that all of us long for love. Every single one of us, we are hardwired to want love, to also want to give love. But what goes on is that if you look at life, one of the greatest areas that we have of struggle and hurt and pain is in the area of love that is given, but isn't received or not reciprocated. And so the reality of loving people, it's one of the most hurtful areas. And the reason that is, is because the only way for love to truly be fulfilling is it's the love that comes to us from God in Christ. Because it's perfect love. It's self-sacrificial love. It's love that is completely without any mixture. And so what happens is if you receive God's love for you in Christ, that love never fails. It never gives up. It's unbreaking. But on the horizontal level, in every interpersonal relationship, whether it's parents and kids, romantic relationships, within friendships, there's always a brokenness to that love because nobody's perfect. And so what happens is because we all long for love and we're all created to give love and receive love, and it's such a core to our identities, if the only love you know is the broken horizontal love of people, life can be pretty depressing and hurtful. Because no matter how amazing your parents are, they are going to let you down at times. You might have the best friends in the world, but they're not always going to get everything right. Your spouse could be batting 800, but that 200 points of their failures hurts the most, doesn't it? But the key is, is that you and I were actually designed to free up humans to be fallen because of the finished work of Jesus and understanding God's love. And I really felt, it's funny, I didn't have any of that in my notes, but as I woke up this morning, I began seeking the Lord again, one last time for this message. I felt like I needed to put that out there because I think there's some of you right now, you are shipwrecking your interpersonal relationships because you're trying to get from humans what only God can give you. And you're putting people, you're setting them up for failure, not on purpose, 
you're not doing it maliciously. You know that you're wired. You long for love and you long to give it and receive it. But what you're doing is, is you're trying to get it from people and you can't. You can only get it from the Lord. And once you get it from the Lord, then that longing is satisfied. And then you free people up to be human. Dreadfully, wonderfully, perplexingly human. And then, because what it is, is when they fail you, you realize, well, that's why Jesus came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. So you let people off the hook for their failures. But if you are trying to get that perfect, satisfying to your desires for love from people, they're always going to let you down. And so when Peter keeps coming back to them, he's calling them beloved. He's reminding them of who they really are. That they are accepted in the never-stopping, unending, unconditional, without any mixture, love of Christ. And I think all of us want to see ourselves as beloved in the way that Peter's talking about it. Where we allow the love of God to so captivate our hearts that we are free now with other people to love and be loved, even if it's in a way that is not completely fulfilling because it's not possible for them or for us. Does that make sense? So we're going to get way farther than just one word, though. So he says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, verse 1, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. So what I love about this is Peter is explaining, hey, I wrote this letter just like I wrote my other letter, I want to remind you of things that you already know, the words of the prophets and the commandments of the apostles. Why? Because you and I, we need to fill up our minds with truth. You need to fill your mind with truth. Do you notice this? It's the second letter. I want to remind you. And I want to remind you of things you already know, the words of the prophets and the words of the apostles. Why? Because... You and I are constantly filling up our hearts and minds with things every single day. You realize that for each day has 1,440 minutes in it. Now, if you start subtracting out time for sleeping and these things, everything else all day long, you are filling your heart and mind with stuff. And there's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. The idea is that whatever you put into you influences and conforms and shapes you, and whatever you put in, you are going to get out. Like, let me give you an example. Many of us understand what it's like to have anger issues, right? Anger, and it's always so funny when someone says, I'm not bad at you, when they're yelling at you. You know what I mean? You ever meet those type of people? I'm really not bad at you. And you're like, well, great. I'd hate to see if you were. But listen, I guarantee you, someone who's angry, they're also consuming lots of angry material. Like, you can always tell when someone's watching political talk shows in the 21st century. You can tell within two seconds. Do you know why? Because we all can agree that politics in the 21st century is like a real classy endeavor at this point, right? It's like it's so holy and kind-hearted. No, it's, it's like a steel cage wrestling match with props at this point, right? You can always tell when someone's watching it. Why? Because... If somebody disagrees with them, they fly off the handle with them, start yelling at them, calling them an idiot and all this stuff. Why? Because that's what they're learning watching these shows. If you put your kids in front of all this violence, it's not going to be shocking when someone takes their twin, they knock them in the head. I'm not saying they should do it. It's like, but that's what happens. Because whatever you put in, you get out. And what it is, is you and I are bombarded 
24 hours a day, seven days a week by the way that the world works. The values of this world. The dog-eat-dog, attack-style, can't-have-a-conversation-with-someone-you-disagree-with. We're being bombarded by this every day. And it's not just on political talk shows. It's on every single television show. And it's on your internet. And it's on your mobile phone. And it's getting pumped for you young people into your Snapchat and into your Facebook because there's a little thing on the side which is telling you this is how you're supposed to live. This is what you're supposed to value. But what Peter's saying is you need to fill your mind with what is true. Because the thing is, is so much of this is just noise. It's one person's view of the world that they want you to adopt. And they have vehicles, whether it be radio or television or your smartphone or the internet, and they can give you their worldview. And if they give it to you long enough and loud enough, you will adopt it whether you think about it or not. But Peter's saying, I wrote this letter because I want to remind you what the truth is. And my friends, this is a big concern for me as a pastor. Because you might say, well, Fusco, give me a break. I am here at church right now. Like I'm hearing the word. I'm here to tell you that a 40-minute sermon, no matter how inspired by the Spirit, how deeply biblical it is, no matter how well it is delivered, cannot counteract seven other days full of another way of thinking. It's a limitation to what I can do. But you say, well, I go to Wednesday night too. Oh, I watch your two-minute message. What can two minutes do in the midst of 1,440 minutes in a day? So you see there's a dilemma that goes on for the people of God because you are being inundated every single day. You're filling your mind and your heart with all this stuff. And I'm not saying we should get rid of technology and we should go back to dial-up. I'm not advocating that at all. That would be horrible. I grew up in that generation. Remember when you go on and you hear that little sound? Take 97 minutes. You go to open a web cage. It takes eight minutes. Some of you are like, that's still my life. Well, get a new computer. Anyway, you know. But it's like, I remember those days. I'm not saying we should go back. I'm not saying that it was better back then. But what I am saying is that if you're not filling up your mind with truth, then you're filling up your mind with lies. You're either getting good stuff in, you're going to get good stuff out, or you're getting garbage in, and you're going to get garbage out. So let me give you an example. If all you do is listen to music, and I love music, where there's a lot of expletives in it, you shouldn't be shocked when you start thinking in expletives and using them. doesn't make a difference. Because that's what you're hearing, and that becomes normalized. If you are inundated every single day, it's like we're seeing the research now with children and violent video games. Because if your child is being socialized, killing other people, then if they do that long enough, then kids going in and killing people doesn't seem so horrific, even though I'm not trying to justify violence in this generation. I'm saying, but everyone's seeing the correlation between the two. And for children who maybe have mental health issues and leanings, all of a sudden these lines get blurred and they don't see that there's a moral problem with it because they've grown up watching this their whole life. So what I am saying is that you and I, we need to fill up our minds with truth, which is the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. This is who God is and how God sees the world. And it's not enough to hear a sermon on a Sunday and you come to the midweek and you listen to Fusco's two-minute messages as much as I'm happy that you do that. You need to read the word of God every single day. You need to handle it every single day. I remember sitting in church, just like many of you are doing right now, and I heard a pastor, he said, you need to memorize scripture. And I thought to myself, yeah. So I started to memorize scripture. Because when you memorize God's word, when you go to do something stupid, 
a verse pops up. Like, because I don't know about you guys, but I got a PhD in doing stupid stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so stuff goes on and I need to be reminded. Like, let me give you an example. The Bible says that our words should be edifying, that we should build one another up. Now, how many of you received communication from somebody that didn't quite feel really upbuilding? Anybody? Yeah. Like all of us, you know? So, but so what happens when I go to say something that is not building up, I hear things like, let all things be done for edification. That's a Bible verse. And all of a sudden I'm like, I better not say that. Now, I'm not saying I always get that right. But at least I know where the lines are. But you know what the problem is? Because some of us don't know the Bible and we don't have these verses, you say whatever you want. You just tear someone down. Or in the church, of course, we've mastered the art of the backhanded compliment. Where they're really just cutting you down, but they're trying to make it sound really holy. I'm a pastor. I get a lot of those. Where they're like, you know, Pastor Daniel, we know, but, 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 and I'm like, oh, here we go. The we know is like a compliment, but it's really just a setup for the, you know? But when you know the word, the word can check you on those things. Remember I talked about using expletives. The Bible says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So because I know that verse from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, when I go to use colorful language, I have to catch myself and say, oh, hold on. Because I grew up around Jesus' name as a filler word. That was my family I grew up in. You know, and he's like, you could say something, but if you said it with an expletive, now you really meant it. You know what I mean? And so I grew up in that. And I'm like, but I don't want to speak that way because I want blessings to come out of my mouth, not cursings. I want beautiful things to come out and not corrupt things. But I'm here to tell you, we live in a world that doesn't care about the difference, but Jesus does. So are you filling up your mind with truth? Now, I know you're saying, I don't like to read. Well, get the thing on MP3 and they read it to you. I don't do MP3s. Well, get it on CDs, cassette tapes, or 8-track. It don't matter. Just get the stuff in you. Get God's word in you because the truth changes you. This reminds me of Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Beautiful verse, isn't it? Now, the word meditation in the Bible is different from the way meditation is used today. If you think about meditation, you think of someone sitting all like a pretzel, trying not to think, focus on your breath, right? In Hebrew, the word meditation leads to chew on something to get all the nourishment out of it. So what he's saying is that we want to be people who chew on the word of God, keep gnawing on it, gnawing on it, to get all the nurture out of it. Jesus is real. Gravity says that what goes up must come back down. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shared that what you put into yourself comes back out. So what you watch, listen to, read, and talk about matters because it's feeding your heart and mind. You are encouraged to dwell on what is good, truthful, and honorable so that those qualities can be developed in you. Pastor Daniel urged you to spend quality time with God's Word. Let its truth be planted in you, producing growth and change as you walk through each day. 
Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share that you should expect to come across people who will give you a hard time about Jesus. They don't believe that he was who he said he was or that he'll be coming back again someday. Like Peter, you can confront the doubts of today by using logical, reasonable arguments. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Truth and Lies. Until then, may God bless.